Hey, this is Liz, and you're listening to the South CAC Syndicate Podcast. Episode 19. We're here. We're getting close, dude. To... 20. I don't know if that's a... <laughs> we are. Is well, 19 something? is right before 20. Well, I know. But, you know, at 10, you were like, oh, this is a mile marker. Milestone, a Milestone. Yeah. Kyle's like, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Anyway. Next one. Yeah. Well, I told him, I said 100. We'll... We'll do like we'll make that like something. We'll do a party. We'll do a we'll do like a podcast live, live on the patio of Weston Co. That'd be awesome outside mm. our podcast room. Mm. Cool, dude. We got. I'm super excited about this one. Yeah, yeah. Me and uh, our guest today, me and Jared, have a lot in common with because. Be careful how you word this, because I was thinking about this. And I was going to say he married us, but he married yes. He married me and Megan. Yes. And he married you and Heather. Yes, but he right. didn't marry us at the exact that's, same venue at Tatuga Bay. Is that not? A, it's kind of ironic, ain't it? Yeah. Today we've got one of our favorite people, Mr. Mark Bagwell. How you doing, Mark? I'm wonderful. Wonderful. If I if I wonderful. had if if I if I could like. Sit down and say who I had in my life that was a big influence in some form or fashion. Maybe not directly. This would be, you would be one of those, Mark. Yeah. You know, just indirectly, because me and you haven't really sat down and like, right, right. You know, you've walked me through things or whatever, but you've just always been one of those guys to me that's like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he's definitely a North Star for me. <laughs> yeah. Right. I've been doing a, a beer and Bible study with this guy for what are we on? Five year five now? Five at least. At least. At least. It may be six. Yeah. Jared. Yeah. Golly day. Where's the time? Believe go? it. Oh my gosh. That's the truth. Yeah. So we were we were talking about that. So your name's been brought up a lot. So when we were uh dry erase board and the the idea of podcast and mm-hmm. we made an original list of like the original twelve. Mm-hmm. Mark Bag will just keep coming up, mm-hmm. coming up. And we've tried to have you on two or three times yeah. in scheduling conflicts, so we're really excited about having you here today. Good. And as always, 60 minutes isn't going to be long enough, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we may run over. We may bring him back, but Mark has got a wealth of knowledge on a lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. one of the things that we want to talk about today was some of your early years of starting one of the you – know, I don't want to call it a biker church. It would be more of a non-denominational – any come as you are church, but in true to form, come as you are. If, yes. if you were going to give yourself, just first for the listeners and the people watching, if you were going to like give your own introduction, sure, yeah, that'd be good. You know, because I, me and Jerry probably see you in a certain way, but you know, you actually, if you were going to give yourself a self introduction, mm. what would that be? Oh, like a short gosh. version. Short wow, version. Wow, 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 wow. Uh, a young man that was raised in a traditional Baptist church. Uh, that loves his dad and mom and, and, and loves a lot of parts of traditional church. Um, but then in middle school and high school and college, decided I was going to do everything I could to persuade God not to call me to pastor. And uh, we know God has a sense of humor. Yeah, how did that work out for you? Yeah. <laughs> so got married at 19 and uh, to a wonderful, wonderful woman that uh, her and I decided together very soon that we needed a very intimate relationship with the Lord. And because of that, he said, you know, Mark, go spread that yep. to other people. Uh, that's not really getting that, you know? And so that's what we've done. Yeah. What now, we let me done. ask you this. I feel like you have a gift. Did, was that gift from birth, or was that something that you felt like was given to you along the way? Mm, depends on what the gift that you're talking about. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like you have a gift to connect and talk and... And 
portray. You just have a you just have a gift to connect with people. I mean, do you not agree? Like, no, I totally yeah, agree. Yeah, I, I do yeah. agree. Yeah, I don't it's, have, like, it's like I don't, a beam of sunshine. I yeah. had, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Kyle, I had no and was it intimidated at all from a very young age uh, to sit down and talk with people that had a lot of money. Or yeah. didn't have anything, didn't you know. It really don't matter. It, it really didn't matter what color skin they were. Uh, that was just a passion from from the very beginning. My dad started uh, taking us to Israel, and so we'd had groups of people, and I was around Jewish people and around Muslim people, and got friends from from when I was a kid, right. and it really helped me develop a you know worldview. Uh, and 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 just, I look back at Jesus. You know, Jesus just, he hung out yeah, with everybody, you know. I mean, he called the shepherds. Uh, he called the fishermen. But, you know, he didn't uh, hesitate to hang out with Zacchaeus, who was the richest guy in, in town either. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's been, I've, I love to talk, brother. You know, if God would have called me to make a living with my hands, we would have starved. So he gave me an opportunity to make a living and run in my mouth. And uh, so it is worked out. <laughs> right on. It truly is. It yeah, truly I'm, is. I, I, you know, my thing is, I guess, and we'll get into it, and everybody's going to get a sense of who you are, but like, I feel like I need to like kind of jumpstart that a little bit. But that was, that was a pretty good, I think that kind of lays the groundwork for I us. I think we'd be surprised of the people listening that actually know who Mark Bagwell is. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a ton. Most of them, yeah. right? So you've interacted <laughs> with them in some way, form, or fashion, but I really want to dig into this early days of Golden Corner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just early days yeah. in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so we want to talk about what you were doing, like what you were doing before you started your first church. Sure, sure. Well, you know, when I graduated college, I, I wanted to, uh, you know, be a businessman. And I wanted to make my first million before I was 30. Uh, I wanted to jump into politics. It's us. You know, and, and everything. Everything uh, but the politics part. Well, I did, man. I wanted to be <laughs> Jared. I wanted to be governor of South Carolina. I really did. You know, because I, honestly, I thought, man, I could be good for this state, you know. And, and we could take some things that, that, you know, I know would be good, da, da, da. But I will tell you this. I've got a very, very wise wife. And she has followed me and been my partner in everything we have done, except one thing. She pretty much put her foot down about politics. Yeah. That was not going to be my thing. Uh, of course, Sheila, you know, hears from the Lord in a very specific way. And uh, so my dad did, uh, even as a pastor, he started a uh, small uh, uh, tour business because of our Holy Land trips. And so I worked with See the World Tours for years and you know, hosted hosted a lot of tours across America and Canada and to Israel, which we still do now. Which is what you just got back from Israel, We just right? got back from Israel, 25 many, days there. How many times have you been to Israel? Uh, that was my 25th trip. Uh, my <laughs> dad crazy. my dad baptized me, guys, uh, when I was eight years old in the Jordan River. Wow. Isn't that crazy? And when this is over, I'll show you a picture. We didn't know we had a picture of it. And <laughs> they took thousands of slides, my mom and dad, and... We slowly go through them, and boom, one of them popped up, and there he was, baptized me, and I'm, I'm telling you, I broke. I, I bet. Just, I just broke. And, I bet. But uh, so we, we did that for a long time, um, but I started volunteering as a youth minister, uh, also working with the senior adults. I just was doing everything in church that I thought I could do to be helpful, you know? 
then God started calling me to, uh, to, to full-time ministry. I honestly didn't know it was going to be a pastor. I thought it might be a youth minister. Yeah. I mean, I'm 61. I could be a youth minister right now. I yeah, mean, yeah. I'd love That's it. Right. I yeah. would love it, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff. But, uh, yeah, so um, we, uh, we did some fill-in work at different churches when they needed a pastor. And there was this little church, I don't know about it yet probably, little church in Westminster called Toxaway Baptist Church, 19 people. <laughs> and uh, I was sitting there one day, and they were doing the music one Sunday, and I was about to preach, and, and God spoke and said, uh, you need to let them know that, that you'd like to take this church. And I was like, what? <laughs> no, you're not really telling me that, you know. You actually, my wife said that he told her the same thing and said, she said she actually went to the bathroom and looked up at God and said, stop it, stop it, stop it. I yeah, know what not, you're doing, yeah, you know. Not, not yeah. <laughs> so on the way home that day, uh, she looked at me. She said, Mark, I know you don't know exactly what you're going to do as a full-time ministry, but if you ever feel like God's calling you to pastor, you might want to take that church. And I was like, are you kidding? Yeah. I just, yeah. He said the same thing to me today. And so we did. We did. And it was out in the boonies, man. It's a beautiful little church, white, white church on the hill, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, almost two years I was there, we were running 130 people. Wow. Yeah. So I will tell you, for there those you folks that might be listening that aren't from this area, I mean, we're in the Bible Belt. We're in, we're in like church country, mm-hmm. right? And so these mm-hmm. little churches on the hill you're talking mm-hmm. about, like California. Unless you're out in the country, you're probably not going to see what we're talking about. But yeah. it's mm-hmm. the it's the quintessential. You look up white church on the hill with the steeple. <laughs> that's that's what we're talking about. Yeah. We got a lot of them. We got a lot <laughs> of them. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, and yeah. that's something that I want to get into yeah. later. But. So, uh, um, yeah, about two years in, um, I had heard contemporary Christian music. It just started. Uh, a guy named Carmen and a, yeah. a group named Petra. Love me some You Petra. know, boy, you know, they were rocking it out and stuff. This and was before Striper. Yeah. It was. It was. And But, you know, uh, a, a group named Truth, I'd heard them. Actually, I heard them at the Southern Baptist Convention. And when I heard them the first time, I thought God was going to kill us all. <laughs> I thought he was going to shoot lightning down and kill this us all. rock and roll. Because it had drums and a guitar and a bass and, oh, and trumpets, you know. The guys had afros, you know. The girls, had, the girls had, like, mini dresses. Now I'm talking just above their knees, you yeah. know, and stuff. And but seriously, <laughs> after I heard one of the songs, I, I couldn't help it. Me and my buddy, 16 years old, we stood up. And we just started clapping when we figured out we wasn't dead. And, you know, and I really felt like that day, I was 16 years old, it was in Norfolk, Virginia, and I felt like that day, this was before I become a pastor, but I felt like God spoke to me, even though I wasn't really living for him. Yep. Guys, God will talk to you. God will talk to you even if you're not yeah. really looking to listen he will. Then he spoke to me. I felt like he said, and if he said, Mark, if we ever do ministry together, we're going to use this kind of music. Mm-hmm. And I wished I could say that I just left there and just started pursuing it yeah. right then. It just is one of those things that just stuck in the back of your head. It did. Yeah. It did. It did. And so when I was pastoring that little church, I was trying to bring in this contemporary type stuff. And it, you know, the original members, it wasn't going so well, you know, be, to be honest and everything. So I'm sitting in my rocking chair. Everybody should have a rocking chair in their, in their kitchen. You know, just, just uh, it. it is a place to sit and meet with God. And one night he said, okay, Mark, it's time to start that church. 
And I said, Lord, why do you want me to start another church when there's 68 Baptist churches, not counting the other churches in Oconee County already? Yeah. And he said, you know that's not what I'm wanting you to start. Now, I will have to say this. Give the Southern Baptists and the South Carolina Baptists credit. They, they, they did back us. They, they did want to see. And y'all were looking for words on how it was. The best word there is just a contemporary church yeah. instead of the traditional mm-hmm. church. And let me preface this. You know, guys, I love choirs. I love Sunday school. Yeah. You know, I love a lot about traditional church. That's just not what God was calling me to do. Yeah, he wanted you to move people. He, he wanted me to touch people that would never walk into the front yeah. doors of the traditional yeah. church. And I get that. That, is, that yeah. is just the, and I didn't know if it was for 60 people or 600. I didn't know. It didn't matter. I knew it was clear. It's one of those times you go to your wife and she's in the bed asleep. You wake her up. And, 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 and you're just sitting there looking at her and finally you shake her. And Sheila woke up, and I, I started just bubbling, just all this stuff. That, and when I got done, Sheila looked at me, and she said, uh, Mark, I've known that for about six months. I was just waiting on you to hear it. <laughs> that's typical Sheila. Yeah, yeah. I you know, know that. You know, know that. and that's the truth. I'll tell you another story later about when we started Shade Tree. Sheila knew that, you know. But so we did. We kicked off. Uh, we had 30 people uh, come together. On a Sunday night, and we uh, kicked off Golden Corner Church because Oconee County is the Golden Corner of South Carolina. Nobody had that name. If I'm not mistaken, that was like right here in the depot or something, right? The little uh, pavilion, the octagon area. Yeah, the uh, gazebo. 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 We we were actually in my my living room that first Sunday night, and then the next Sunday morning, we had our very first service out in the gazebo. And honestly, I'll I'll be honest with you, I wasn't real comfortable with it yeah can i be really honest yeah, yeah. we really want to be what, honest that's here? What we're here for okay okay because it had got out that mark bag was going to start a church that that you know was going to have drums and get to our, eventually when we you know <laughs> our very first service we had a, a, a acoustic guitar and a jam box for those of you that know what a jam box is <laughs> out there and uh, with a with a with a cassette player you know and that's all that's all we had uh but all the churches, people were going to be riding by, going to their church, and there we were oh, outside. I I, I'm, I'm telling you, it was pride. There yeah, was, yeah. was some pride in there, you know. And but we had about sixty people that morning, and uh, we sunk. Uh Sheila had put some blankets out on the grass, and she taught children's church. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable. Yeah. It was an unbelievable Sunday morning. And as I was walking back toward my car, God said, Mark, you said you wanted to pastor a church with its walls down. Are you going to be able to handle it? Oof, crazy. And I said, let's go. Let's go, you know. And so then God just started sending the right people, you know. I led worship for a long time, um, and I'm not that great a singer, but boy, I surrounded you myself with some great singers, yeah. you know. And and these instrumentalists come, and the worship was incredible. And God started blessing, and uh, so that's how it all that's how yeah. it all got started. I, I have I I don't know how to describe this, but I I'm very much with you in the fact that you know you got to go to the people or make them come to you sure. in, in a way where you relate, right? Sure, maybe traditional you know, Southern Baptist or whatever you have, have it, may not always meet 
beat those folks in the middle, right? Right. Like so. Right. And music for me is big because music moves me <laughs> in a big way. Obviously, it moves God. It's from Genesis yeah. to Revelation. Yes. You know, what music yeah. does. He, he literally, before the walls of Jericho came down, what did he do? Yeah. He had the choirs walking around the walls singing and the trumpets blowing. And, yeah. and so I get it. I mean, obviously, I understand that back when this was going on, this was very much unheard of. So I can't imagine... Mm. You know what you guys were doing. When was this? Give us a give us a we don't want to date you. Yeah, but. yeah. Last Sunday in May, nineteen ninety three. Uh okay. you, you boys wouldn't even thought about then. No, we were. Oh, were yeah. Ninety three. <laughs> well, yes, you were. That's true. Yeah, That's true. Tenth That's grade. We would have been yeah, ten. Yeah. yeah, ten. yeah. Maybe ninth or tenth. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. We were like fourteen. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Fourteen, fifteen years old. So so yeah, I'm sorry. But uh yeah, it was it was not it was not a a thing that you know, was being used at all. But yeah. I knew, I knew. And we used to take old uh, uh, classic rock, which is still part of my favorite music. We would take the, the songs and we, and we would uh, uh, change the lyrics uh, before we knew that was illegal. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> before cease tapping. Oh, yeah, no, you, man. Uh, you know, I have a license for that. Golly days. We would use the Eagles. We would use Leonard Skinner. We would use, you know, so That sounds like so much fun. It was unbelievable. And, you know, so we would would do that. And people would relate to it, you know. And I I say a lot of times, it wasn't my sermons, you know, that that brought people in at first. Uh, They heard there was a church that could wear blue jeans and T-shirts, you know, uh, and, and even shorts in the summer. Uh, you know, and then there were a few times, you know, the the bathing suits. Uh, a few ladies came in that we had to sort of, you know, help understand that yes, we can wear what you know it's comfortable, but you know, but uh, you know, and and it, but then they would hear the gospel as as uh, guys. I went to Anderson Junior College, you know, and I had to take Bible classes, and I was raised in Ralph Bagwell's house. For anybody that would know him, the prophetic preacher that he was. But I, I didn't go to seminary. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to be honest with you. Seminary would have killed me, mm-hmm. and I would have killed them uh, back then. Uh, I think maybe seminary is a little more uh, understanding to mm-hmm. uh, stepping outside the box now, but back then they, they were not. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, but, but we, would, we would share the gospel in an appealing, loving way, an intimate, uh, an into me see. That's what, when I say intimacy, that's what I think of. Into me, see, Lord. I want you to see inside me, and I want you to see, I want to see inside you. And they would be able to walk away with that and make yeah. a decision, yeah. you know? Yeah. But it was more than that. Without mentioning any names, yeah. you, you were actually picking some guys up on your motorcycle and bringing them to church. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, like, absolutely. Hey man, you want to go to church? All I got is my motorcycle. We're gonna play some Eagles. Hop on the back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> well, you know, and and so you did say something about biker church uh, because I did love to ride motorcycles mm-hmm. and stuff. A lot of Harley riders uh, started coming. Uh, some already Christians. They just heard there was a church they could go to that will they wouldn't be looked at weird. And, uh, you know, we started doing bikers rallies, which were absolutely unbelievable. Hundreds and hundreds of bikers from many different states would come to them at High Falls or South Cove Park here in the area, uh, right up here at Faith Training Center. I went to that one. 
Yeah, really? Yes, really? Uh, my brother-in-law, Sammy Price, was Stone That's Echo played right. that year. But it wasn't Stone Echo. It would have been Kindred Heart that year. That's right. That's right. Yeah. They sure did. In the mid-'90s, yeah. We had guys that were, you know, uh, uh, with the Hells Angels that, that had become Christ followers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they would speak. Uh, you know, oh, <laughs> we had one guy, Red Dog Potassio. Uh, he's over in Georgia still now, big red beard and everything. He just spoke. Uh, you know, again, can we be honest? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right, all right. So, so uh, he gets done with the uh, he gets done with the sermon, and he has this what we call an altar call. You know, come come forward. We'll talk to you about Jesus. You know, you can make that prayer today or not. But you know, and everything. And boy, people were coming and and stuff. And Red Dog walked back up to me and he said. Can I say one more thing, Mark? And I said, sure, man, it's yours. It's yours. And he was like, I'm telling you guys, some of you aren't coming forward because you don't want to give up the weed. I know, I know, you don't want to give up the weed. And he said, I'm telling you, when I got saved, it took me six months to give up the weed, but I, I did. I gave it up, and God has blessed me. And, and he'll, he'll look. Up, he's, so don't wait today. He'll, you know? ta- he'll take you where you're at. And I'm standing there, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> you're in it now, for yeah, sure. Yeah, buddy. I was just hoping there wasn't any narcs there, you know. And, uh, <laughs> Tell us about what the local community was like. Surely you took some kickback from fellow Baptist or uh, associations thereof. Yeah. Like, were you getting yeah. like, what the heck are you doing back? Of well, course. I mean, of course he was. I can't imagine you weren't, right? Anything, anytime you do anything yeah, different. We were called a cult. Well, you were the first. I mean, this is new territory for our area. I don't yeah. know if it was first yeah. in the country, but. No, for, no. It was, area, uh, there, was, there was about eight of us guys in the state of South Carolina. And like I said, uh, the state convention really embraced us and brought us guys together from all the way from Myrtle Beach now up, up to here and everything in between. Right. And we're still getting together every single awesome. year. Is this your golf trip? Uh, no, this is not okay. the golf trip. <laughs> uh, we do play golf while we're there, but this is this is a whole n- another thing. And, you know, we still and, – and a lot of those guys are still pastoring those same churches, you know. It's awesome. Um, many of them have started new churches. It's, it's been an incredible thing, but – but yeah, you know, we were not uh, welcomed, yeah. you know, by the religious community. That was the funniest thing. The, th- you know? the thing that's weird to me, I don't want to mean to interrupt you, but the thing that's, that's awesome is that you touch so many people that those people that may have shunned you or looked down on you would have never been able to touch. And, and, and Kyle, that's, that's very true. That's very true. You know, as we apply to become members of, of different you know, uh, religious organizations and stuff. You know, honestly, they just didn't know what to do with us. Um, and and I'll, I'll say their hearts were sincere because this was the deal. If God was for us, they wanted to learn to be for us. If God was against us, they didn't want to embrace us. So they just didn't understand. Yeah. You know, they, they, they did not understand. And an old pastor, uh, Brother John McKnight, uh, pastored in Westminster. He was a chaplain at Oconee Hospital for so long. He called me one night and he said, Mark, he said, brother, just get a track record. Let them see that you're just trying to lead people to Jesus. Yeah. And, and that's a, he had this very Southern draw, one of the most humble, sweet men. And I said, I said, brother McKnight, that's, a, that's exactly right. That's what we're going to do. 
You know, and we did, and, and within a year or two, a lot of those organizations were calling us, saying, hey, you want to start dialogue now? Yeah. We see. Because we were leading people to Jesus, and we were baptizing people like crazy. You know, I mean, people were just rolling in, and it was blowing our mind. Uh, I wish we could say that we were fully prepared for all of the uh, the growth that we that we received right. uh, and everything. Um, and so I, I will say... Uh, I brought on another guy uh, a little bit later, uh, Ronnie Hodge, and and he his focus was discipleship. Well, that was a lot later, though, was it not? Three years. Oh, that was it. Three okay. years. Three years. Three years later. For, I just since I, the gazebo since the ninety three. Yes, first, yes. Three, three years. After that, three years he came in, and I'm telling you, and uh, uh, me and Ronnie were like a married couple. Uh, yeah. I'm very extroverted. I am. Let's go get them. Let's lead them to Jesus. Ronnie is very introverted, Sounds and he like was me like, and Jared. "Yeah, true." He said, "You you go get them and lead them to Jesus, and I'll help train them in the ways of Jesus, you know, and stuff." And it it just worked out, yeah. you know, in a in a in a super way. And you know, a, he was a senior pastor at another church, and and we didn't even have money to pay him. Yeah, yeah. It was a big step of faith, and he came. But we were together for 18 years. It sounds know. like our friend uh, Gresham Barrett. Jared, you just bring them to me. I'll make it rain. Don't worry about it. It's <laughs> <laughs> very you true. Just bring them to me. I'll make it rain. Very true. We're going to have true. Gresham on soon uh, as yeah. well. Yeah, absolutely. So it, so the community, it wasn't such a, oh, my gosh. It was, hmm. Hmm. Are we supposed to like this? Or are we supposed to not like this? So we're we're just going to stay at our church and not say. I, I think so. I think so. And people that were worried that we would take their members, yeah. <laughs> I would look at them and say, "Don't worry, they will visit us once and they will come back to you." Yeah. You know, it, under the you know. view. Yeah. And, and and you know, there again, there again, they needed to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the traditional church. Look, guys, I, I want to say this again. You want to bring new people to Jesus? When not take. People that already were no, in church, right? no, 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 had no concern. Matter of fact, you know, when you start a church and everything, it works out a whole lot better when you just lead a bunch of people to Jesus and everything, and they just come to you raw, yeah, transparent, yeah. They don't have a mask on. They don't have preconceived ideas of how we've got to do this or how we've got to do that. And it, it, it was the first church. If you go back to the book of Acts, and it, it talks about how the people came together, they broke bread together, we started small groups immediately, and, and they were wonderful things. And, you know, and you just grow together. It, 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 it just makes for a wonderful church. Yeah, I can see that. You know. so, so, yeah, that's, that's what happened. And, and I'll say this, some of those guys that would look at me and say, you know, Mark, I just don't believe in your methodology. You know, really couldn't prove it by the Bible, but just I, I don't re- agree with the way you're doing this. Within years, they become some of my best friends. Yeah. They were preaching in, in our our pulpit. I was preaching in their pulpit, yeah. you know. Well, and, when they see you changing lives, you can't, there's no disputing the fact that you're changing lives. No. Either that no. or they just see the number of people that's coming to the brick and mortar. <laughs> like, well, We've never seen these people before. Why, why wouldn't they come to our church? Yeah. We need to pay attention to see what he's doing. But nobody really followed your lead there right away. They still thought it was not taboo, but well, it was different. It, it definitely took it definitely took a while. And and you know, guys, uh, I, I, now I'll tell you one thing. I had to do was when people would come and visit somebody at work and invite a friend to come and come to the church. And uh, so when that friend came to the church, what did they have on? 
church clothes. They were coat and tie. Yeah, yeah, a coat yeah. and tie. They were invited. You know, coat and tie. And some of our people sometimes would look at them and say, "Hey, man, you don't have to wear that here and stuff." And finally, from the pulpit, I had to say, "Uh, uh-uh, don't do come, that. Yeah. Don't do that because that makes us sound like anyone else that." would look at somebody that had blue jeans and a t-shirt on, you know, as as you are. Uh, My dad came for the first year and a half that he came to Golden Corner. He, he, he wore a coat and tie Mm -hmm. and then he dropped the tie. Mm-hmm. And then he dropped the uh, coat. Still had the dress uh, shirt. And before he passed away, he was wearing a flowery shirt. Yeah, you know? There you go. <laughs> yeah. there you go. I've been into, as an adult, I've been to, walked into a church with uh, flip-flops, blue jeans, and a T-shirt. And the, I don't call them elders, but the, the members there that have been there a minute just kind of looked at me. And I'm thinking, you got no clue, do you? Mm. Yeah. I'm not. But, are you, why, yeah. Are you look, why are you looking down your nose? It really me? depends on where you go. Because some, <clears throat> it wouldn't matter. Like you say, you no, can come, you can come full, full no. dress or like. Yeah, getting ready to hit the lake, yeah. and it wouldn't matter. That's Nobody right. would care. Well, see, nothing. times are way different at this yeah. time when Mark started. No, you're it right. was not different. Right. No, you're it right. was you're right. you put your best on because you're going to church. Yeah, this this was back when uh, the grocery stores wouldn't even open up till noon on Sunday. No, right, right. You know, this right. was yeah. Right. So you started the right. gazebo, and then you had a little brick and mortar beside this old garage here yep. up the street in yep. West Union. Yep, and then you outgrew that space. Yeah. And then was this the time that we brought you broke ground? Nope. We went to another. You went to another. We went space? to James M. Brown Elementary School, <laughs> and uh, we met there for several years, uh, taking up, tearing down every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Guys, I wasn't spending. I'm not. I wasn't spending a million dollars on a building. Yeah. I don't care if we were nomads the whole time, and it wouldn't even matter to me today. Nomads. You know, uh, moving around that didn't matter. Yeah. You know, and, oh, you might lose people. Yeah. Well, well, you know, you know, because because the money that we had, which we were a very blue collar church at the time, uh, needed to be spent on ministry, yeah, not buildings, discipleship. You know? and- so this land that we bought, this twenty two acres, we'd looked at that land many times, and it wasn't ever for sale. No, we're not going to sell it or whatever. And and the husband passed away, and uh, the the children looked at the mom and said, "You need to sell that land. You know, you need to sell that land, and you know, put put it back for you." So myself and Ronnie Hodge rode by the the sign. The sign had just been put up that morning. That's not a route. Earl Street's not a route that we normally take down to Highway 11. But we rode by, and I said, Ronnie, look at that. Look at that. So I called the realtor immediately. You know, well, I did when we got back to the office because of four cell phones. You know. (laughs) (laughs) There was no text. (laughs) Soon as we got back, you know, I looked and I said, what is this land? And they started telling 22 acres of land. They're asking $110,000 for it and everything. And I'm like, I'm like, we want it. Crazy. We want it. You know, and 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 the guy was like, the realtor even said, "Well, don't your church have to vote on it?" I said, "We will, yeah. but we want it. We <laughs> Let's want lock it up first. I and said, the vote. Can, can we can we put the vote in the in the in the contract? Yes. If the vote doesn't go through, we can get out of the right. deal. No, well, that wasn't the case. I knew it wasn't going to be the case. And you know, this is a deal, guys. They said bring a thousand dollars and then I'll hold it for you. So we got them a thousand dollars immediately. The next Sunday, I had the whole congregation out there walking the land, praying over the land and stuff. Two Sundays later, you know, after a conversation about it and stuff, we we voted on it, voted on 100%, you know. The lady that owned the land called me, and she said, Mark, I hear y'all want to buy the land. What are you going to do with it? And I told her a vision about building a building, a building, but building a very friendly building, one that could be used seven days a week, which it is now and everything. Uh, putting up some uh, uh, playgrounds and baseball fields and stuff so the community could use it, which, 
you know, that's yeah. that's all there now yeah. and stuff. And she said, "Well, I, th- I think a hundred thousand dollars is a good deal for it." And I said, "I said no, ma'am. I said you're asking a hundred and ten. And I said we weren't we were not going to even, you know, bargain with you about it." And she yep. said, "My husband would be so proud. I think a hundred thousand. That's what's going to happen with that property." So when listen when we when we literally signed on that, we paid down forty five thousand dollars. We had never had forty five thousand dollars before. We paid down forty five thousand dollars, and eighteen months later. We burnt the mortgage on that that property. Yeah. It was amazing. How long did you start building? Well, it was a couple of years yeah. after that. And <laughs> another a group from Alabama called the Carpenters for Christ come. And we had an architect that had drawn out our building. And uh, they came. Uh, and it was an amazing week. There were 70 men on that property Monday through the following Sunday. Uh, well, we did service on Sunday. They did yeah. work on Sunday. They brought a transfer truck. They had a big kitchen in it and everything. And they charged us nothing. Really? All we wow. had to do is pay for the material. And, really? And we had that huge building, and they, they uh, what do you call dried it in yeah. in a week's time. That's what? crazy. It's, it's like an some, old. It's like an old barn raising. It was exactly yeah, was like thinking. that, like, you know. And, and at lunch or, or or breakfast, we would have devotions, and you know you could tell the carpenters that were there. They were looking at the watches. They were looking at we the watches. We got to get going. We got to get going. And the guys, the carpenters for Christ, they were saying, "No, don't worry about it. It'll get done. Yeah. What's happening here is more important." Mm-hmm. We had a we had a, a dad and a son. Son of a 16 years old that came on the trip. Three days into it, that dad, he come running up to us. And he said, I need a preacher. My son's up in the rafters. And he wants to ask Jesus into his life. Oh, wow. I don't know how. <laughs> you know, awesome. We got on a ladder, crawled up into the rafters there. And uh, that young boy uh, asked Jesus in his life, and his dad and one of the other pastors uh, baptized him before they left. It's amazing. Here's what happened. That kid got scared to death. This height. (laughs) 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 He didn't want to fall and go to hell. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Leave it to Jared. I'm not not moving. (laughs) I'm not moving until Jesus comes. Oh, gosh. And I know, listen, guys, I, I don't know if this is what your podcast listeners you know, but you know, I can't it, help it. It doesn't, I just, no, it I just, doesn't matter. They're going to listen you know, to whatever we I, do. That's I, what I we, just have to brag on the one that... Uh, you, listen, this is exactly what we wanted from you. And this is one of the things that me and Jared talked about, too, when we started this. It's like, we're going to go wherever wherever it, it takes us. Wherever it takes us. Mm. You know, mm. and that's what it's about. Mm. And we knew we were going to get this with you, which is mm. why we wanted you on here. Mm. No, that's, yeah, that's right. exactly right. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with Mr. Mark Bagwell. Let's face it. Shopping for insurance can be time-consuming. When it comes to your auto and home insurance needs, make things simple and trust your Allstate experts. They will help you get the coverage that fits your needs while helping you bundle your auto and home. Bundling saves money, sure, but it also saves you time. So, you can enjoy the things that matter most even more. Contact Clemson Allstate agent Shane Smith at 864-654-1047 today for a free personalized insurance proposal. Allstate, are you in good hands? We're back with Mr. Mark Bagwell. Thanks again for your time here, Mark. Mm-hmm. My Most pleasure. Kyle Voss is across from me. I'm Jared. Hope you're enjoying your drive or your morning getting ready, and this is some good content right. for you. Don't forget, if you're listening, you can watch this on YouTube as well. 
mm-hmm. South CAC Syndicate Podcast. And you can email us your thoughts, questions, comments, or concerns at southcacpod at gmail.com. That's right. So last week we had a mutual friend of ours on, uh, Bobby Myers. And Bobby is a world traveler, not just in his van, if you listen to the last week's episode. But Bobby's been all over the place. And I've got some other friends that they travel a good bit. And we were up at their house a couple weeks ago. And he's like, man, have you ever been to Eleuthera? We need to take a vacation in Eleuthera. And I was like, what is Eleuthera? Like, I'm thinking that's that thing you shower with. A loofah? Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. You haven't heard me talk about a loofah? Oh, but my gosh. But I've, never, yeah. I've heard you talk about it, but this yeah. guy's like, we spent some time there. It's beautiful. We got to go. It's unbelievable. Then I heard some of your stories in a yeah. I'm like, this can't be the same space because it's a very small little, yeah. you get like blue two water on one side, Caribbean on the other. It's yeah. two miles wide, 100 miles long. Yeah. So. It's a very, very small little piece of land there, but... Yeah. Um, a lot of mission trips there, right? So, yeah, that's just, I, I really wanted to share a little bit about that because one reason of Bobby's uh, podcast last week, he, he really uh, reignited something in me that has been with me ever since. Uh, so, with his story. With his story, yeah. So, a, a lady that was a house parent up at the DAR school uh, started bringing her her her. Kids that were in her house to Golden Corner. Explain DAR real quick. Yeah, Daughters of the American Revolution uh, started across America. They would start children's homes, and they would support the children's home, and they did incredible work for years and years and years and years. And uh, the one in Salem is is just an unbelievable facility, you know? And so so you have house parents for these different... And so this, this lady, she started bringing them. Um, and one day she just called me. She said, Mark, could you come up here? I just, I just need to talk with you a little bit. So I thought she was bringing me up to talk to me about the girls. You know, they were in school. And she set me down in front of a slide projector. Now, again, that's like a jam box. For those of you yeah, that yeah. don't know what a slide projector is, uh, yeah, just these little, you know, slides. They go up on the screen. And, uh, you know, 10 feet, not, not even 10 feet in front of me was the screen. And, and they just started, she just started showing me pictures of these kids uh, that that were Caribbean, you could you could tell that you know, and over and over and over, and then finally, she showed me the last one. I turned around, and looked at her, and I said, "How can we get to them?" And she said, "That's what I wanted to hear." Awesome. And uh, Eleuthera does have great great beauty, and and on the northern end and on the southern end, it has great wealth, but in the middle, it is inhabited by a lot of uh, Haitian refugees that have nothing. Now I'm telling you nothing, you know. So uh, the next year, we took a group of 11 from Golden Corner, and uh, we've been doing it every year. Golden Corner's been yep. doing it every year for 23 years straight because I said, Lord, I know our first obligation is to do missions here in Wahala and Oconee County. I said, then uh, the, 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 the second thing is, you know, you tell us, to start in your home, then go to your, your country, so the United States, yep. but then go abroad. You know, and I said, so we need a place that we can go that's affordable. Because again, a lot of blue collar guys. Yeah. Uh, we need a place that we can go every year and build relationships. Yep. Well, Eleuthera is part of the Bahamian Islands. If you was to go to Miami, 60 miles over in a boat, boom, you're going to run into Eleuthera. Right. So we were able to do that you know, in an affordable how much, way. How much did you factor in like bang for the buck because I would think that there you can make the biggest impact. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Right. Because it, it was a learning experience for us. Uh, when we first went over, we would do building 
in the mornings, and then we would do what they call Bible club in the evenings. And we come to find out that after a couple of years, we were cheating the Bible club part yeah. because we were so wore out after we had worked. So we started taking two teams. You know, one would build, the other one would do Bible clubs. So when you build, you'd go help people fix their homes. Or, yes, or- yes, fix their home, churches, um, you know, a hurricane come in twice, you know, in those those twi- years we went, you get your material from Miami, take it over. So the bang for the buck was incredible, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, but about four years into it, there was this, this young fella, uh, his name was Ronaldo, and uh, he had a cousin named Adrian. And uh, Adrian and Ronaldo would just follow us around all the time. They were just like our shadow. They would just, you know, and, and finally we bought a school bus for the school that we stayed at, which was a boarding school, Christian boarding school. But nobody was there during the summer, so we could use it. And uh, they would get on the bus with us and travel with us. So one evening, though, we went swimming in the Caribbean part. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it's beautiful. Yeah. It yeah. really is. Be- Caribbean on one side, Atlantic on the other. And we went behind the school swimming. And everybody had some kind of float with them. And I, and I said, but Ronaldo, I said, here, Ronaldo, take my float. And Ronaldo was like, oh, no, Preacher Mark, I can swim. I can swim. I can swim like a fish, you know. So I'm sitting on shore. He swims out to some of our guys. And all of a sudden, I start hearing him holler out, Preacher Mark, I'm drowning. Preacher Mark, help. Wow. Preacher Mark, help. Preacher Mark, help. Well, I was lifeguard <laughs> when I was in college and everything. So Preacher like, Mark like just... Like Baywatch? Yeah, Preacher Mark just jumps in and I head toward him and I do the cardinal rule wrong. I, 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 I grab him. Mm. Oh, he sucks you under. And buddy, he started crawling on top of me, you know, and me and him wrestled and we wrestled. Fortunately, about five of the other folks got there and they brought floats and, and everything. And just like Bobby, by the time I got back, I was sucking air. Mm-hmm. I was. Adrenaline was kicking in at that point because you realized what about what just about happened. Yeah. But that night I'm laying in the bed and I wake up and I'm hearing this voice. Preacher Mark, help. Mm. Preacher Mark, help. And the next day I hear a voice. Preacher Mark, help. Preacher Mark, help. And that has stayed with me for the rest of my life mm. when I start wondering if what we're doing is, is worth the effort. If, uh, you know, if, it, if, if we should continue in this way, this faction, and I hear Renato's voice saying, Preacher Mark, help. Preacher Mark, help. Now, Renato knew he was drowning. But there are still people out there that don't even know they're drowning, but they're, they're hollering oh, yeah. out for help. Yep. Help, mm. help, help. And... And so, man, when Bobby was telling that story yesterday about how it changed his life, that, that rescue session changed my life forever. And it's still with me today, you know, uh, 30, 30 years later. Yeah, but just like Bobby's story, it changed his life just yeah. like it changed your life. Yes. Do yeah. you keep up with Ronaldo today? Yes, yes, yes. Y'all, y'all and and we, we FaceTime, you know, uh, now. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not at Golden Corner anymore, but they still do the... Uh, the Luther, uh, the, mission, the Luther mission trips and everything, and every time Ronaldo finds out they're on the island. Now, Ronaldo today, he has a wife. He's sending his child to Bible club. Uh, he is that a, you guys started. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's that legacy Ab- stuff. Well, you know? that's a relationship building thing that is not Man. only huge on foreign mission trips. It is huge in our back door. 
yeah. building those relationships. You know, we we talk, talk about that all yes. the time. We, we call it, here on the podcast, we call it waves. Make waves because, yeah. you know, you, you can do things in your life that are going to make waves that will then inspire me to do things in my life. 100%. And then I'll make waves, 100%. which are technically still your waves. Right, it's just like, a ripple effect. It's just a ripple effect that continues on forever. Yeah, for sure. Long after you're gone, like it's a legacy thing. For right, sure. I'm, I'm gonna go to bed tonight and hear preach Mark. Help. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Me Man, too. Said, what a great story. Thank you so much yeah. for that one. That was. Uh, give us another one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that, <laughs> that was that just gets yeah. you in your feels yeah. right I, there. I, I kind of I get a taste of that every year because Kristen and Michael go still. Matter Duluth, fact, took, that's right. They took still a grace this year, yes, and so like every yes. year Heather's like, hey. Yeah, you go on a mission trip. Y'all need to go to a little Have you been? Yeah. Have you ever I been on a mission trip? Oh boy, boy, that's a whole nother. Oh, that's, know, that's a whole nother podcast. I, I, I've experienced really things is. in my life that are those kinds of moments. So mm-hmm. I know. I mean, I, I, I know that I w- it would exceed my expectations, but I'm kind of aware of what I would get from it, and I, I kind of thirst for that. Thrive, you know. So well, I really want to go, but yeah. well, Kyle, this is it. This is it. Every single every single time we went to Luther, every time we go to the Holy Land, my my biggest purpose in taking these trips is yes to accomplish wonderful things while we're there, but for the people that are with us in the team, that their heart just grows so much yeah. that when they get home, because our biggest mission field is in our back door, not in a Luther, not in you know, but yep. those those kind of mission trips do help facilitate yeah. you know going to Africa every year. Uh, I told a, a lawyer one time, I said, I'm afraid I leave so much of my heart in Africa. I'm afraid I'm going to come home one day and I'm going to have more of my heart in Africa than I am here. What am I going to do? Yeah. And I was afraid of that, honestly. A few days later, I'm calling him back, getting the answers for why I was there and everything. He said, hey, Mark, said, I was thinking about what you said about Africa. And he said, I, I think of it like this. He said, I think your heart just grows so much when you're there that you're just able to bring so much more home and yeah. you leave a lot there. Well, it kind of goes back to what we talked about in the break, where when you go to a certain place and it opens your mind to the possibilities of what you should be doing at home. 100%. And be doing at home, right? 100%. Costa Rica, baby. Oh, my gosh. Here we Pure go. Vida. <laughs> now, listen, hey, I, we, I, do, I we do have a mission trip to Costa Rica. <laughs> where at? I don't know. I, don't I, don't I mean, know. I'm not. I'm hating. I'm not hating though. Yeah, yeah. props. That's, well, yeah, one day I'll make it. But you know, I'm people you. people do mission trips to Kentucky. Uh, some of those places where there there there's mm-hmm. uh, the the what is it the mining and stuff. Harlan. It's not. It's not. A, it's not a you know wealthy place at all. So you know, America's a great yeah. place to do that. You know, uh, statistics say that by you know 2030, 2032, there'll be more missionaries coming out of Africa into America than America ascending that that direction. That's a whole, again, that's yeah, a whole other really, podcast. I really want to get into that, but you're yeah, right, right, right. Because right, I've got right. a, don't just you, a plethora of questions about why we why that works that way. But Don't yeah. you tell you, don't that tell you though that what you guys are doing or everybody, not you guys, yeah, but right, anybody right. that goes on a mission trip, to Africa, doesn't that tell you that what they're doing down there is working? It's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So cool. So let's talk, I guess, you want to move into like the next chapter? Yeah. yeah so um, one of the things that I mentioned to you before you came on was I wanted to talk about the number of churches that we see here. Mm-hmm. And they just, it seems to me like every week there's another billboard up or there's another old building with a banner on it. You know, are we, 
gosh, I don't want to sound negative here. Are we overloading ourselves with, not religion, with, with brick and mortar churches? Like, can't people work together and condense and build a bigger community within their own doors? <laughs> that's a tough, that's a tough. Yeah, you know what, Jared, let me just answer it this way. Um, the church is the whole body. Not just the Baptist Church, the Pentecostal Church, mm-hmm. the you know Church of God Church. Nothing you know, to do with buildings. And, and church stuff. has nothing to do with the building, right? And the beautiful thing that we that. are seeing is, and this is not just in Oconee County. We are seeing it across our state, and we're seeing it across America. And through Shade Tree, we're being able to be a big part of this is we're actually seeing churches start working together and join forces. Maybe one church has great facilities, but they're small in number. Another church is meeting in a school, and they need a facility, and they're large in number. And so they are starting to work together. That that's happened right here in Oconee. It's happened across America. And, you know, to, to address what you said, you know, we see a new church starting here and there. You know, if God's in it, let it be. Let it be. You know, and what, you know what? If they meet, if they reach fifteen or twenty people, so so be it. And house churches, oh my lord, house churches are that's becoming right. huge. You yeah. know, and you can't fight with that because again, that's that's the book of Acts. Yeah. You know, yeah. and stuff. And that's a beautiful thing. So, I, I get very cautious when I judge. You know, oh, this one should be, this one should yeah, not yeah. be, because I just know me in, yeah, yeah. and go in a corner and. So, I, but I am excited about seeing finally, you know, churches saying we need to help each other. Nonprofits, nonprofits yeah. are helping each other in extraordinary ways. Where at one time they were so territorial, they they wouldn't. That's exactly. But, yeah. but today, today, and it's not just Christian nonprofits. It's it's non-Christian nonprofits. Uh, working with Christian nonprofits, non, uh, non-Christian nonprofits working with non-Christian nonprofits—they, I see it happening, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, right? it's awesome. So we've got a lot of preachers. Uh, we'll talk about Oconee County, but I mean everywhere. It's like preachers, like, oh, you got it made. You know, you're with the Lord. You you don't kind of stress in your life. Is that true? Oh, because you're a preacher? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, so it's the, the opposite. I, the, and because, and I no, want to get into shade but hold trees on, with Seth, this. Yeah. yeah. It, listen, everybody that's sitting in those seats, yeah. I'm sure you feel like there's some responsibility on your shoulders yeah. as a preacher. To- yeah. 1,700 pastors uh, a week are leaving the ministry mm-hmm. uh, right now in the United States. 70% of pastors' wife wish their husband had a different occupation. 70% of pastors will say that being a senior pastor of a church has had its detrimental moments on their family. Now, at the same time, uh, it will also say we've experienced wonderful things too, but the pressure is unbelievable. And so, you know, back in, uh, say, 10 years into into Golden Corner, Sheila and I, because of my dad, uh, let's, let's, let's talk about this stress, guys, Stress causes disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, all of that kind of stuff. And so, you know, uh, people have stress everywhere. But a pastor, he's definitely not immune to it, especially those pastors that I call, which are the majority of pastors, long-ranger pastors. They do everything. They visit, they preach, they, 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 do all, they don't have yeah. staff. They don't have the money to do that. And and my dad was that. And so we started bringing uh, pastors and wives into our home for supper. 
uh, Sheila and I did. And, you know, Sheila's a great cook, stole my heart 45 years ago with her cooking. Uh, We've been married for 41 years, and so we had this asset. Sheila's philosophy is use what you got. Yeah. You know? Into that. And, uh, And that's what we did at Golden Corner, and that's what we did at home. And we just started started seeing uh, God using us, help them, uh, you know, take a deep breath, uh, refresh themselves, because an exhausted, unhealthy leader leads an unhealthy organization. Mm, yeah, a a healthy leader can lead a healthy organization. You know, so I mean, I believe that's every in every aspect, right? Absolutely. If you're if you're the, you know, a father in a household. Mm-hmm. And you come home and you're stressed from work and whatever. Well, that's you're going to give that to your kids. You're going to give that to your wife. It's going to affect them in a negative way. It also is a ripple effect. Yeah, if you're a boss right. oh, and you're running a company, your CEO, that's and right. you're doing that to your employees, like nobody's yes. nobody's going to have good morale. So I, yep. I get yep. I get yep. what you're saying. And yep. Yep. with with the preachers, like they're the last step. There's nobody there. Well, and there's an expectation on preachers not to get exhausted, <laughs> uh, not to fail. Not to you know show yeah. uh, weakness and and some of that is is you know uh, unfortunately it's been taken overboard you know but so uh, about eight years ago now well it's been eight years uh, this this past August uh, Sheila and I felt like God was calling us from uh, doing pastoral work and starting an organization that we we named as a five hundred one c three shade tree ministry and uh, we had heard a, a, a dr swanberg he's a great great guy at a marriage retreat and he made us laugh oh we laughed the first night i thought sheila was gonna have to have a a, a back <laughs> because she was gonna hyperventilate she laughed so hard but then the next morning he got more serious and he talked about being shade trees in people's lives and people have been shade trees in our lives and y'all know that yeah, yeah. you know they've mm, been many yeah. people that have been and y'all have been in other people's lives and Sheila looked at me on the way home, and she said, "She said, uh, I think I'd love for us to name our, our our new ministry that." So that was on Saturday. On Monday, I got Dr. Swanberg's phone number. I called him, said, "Hey, we don't want to infringe, but this is what we want to do. Can we call it Shade Tree?" And Dr. Swanberg, I'm, if you're listening to this, this is just I'm just uh, repeating, you know. And he said, "Use it, use it, Mark, use it." Man, I wish Shade Tree was around 25 years ago when a church was beating the hell out of me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's true. That's right. <laughs> and 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 he said, "Yes, use it, use it." And we we've stayed in contact with him. But uh, so we decided to start this. We was going to do it on a part time basis, you know, um, because I could do care ministry at the church, yeah. and then we could do, you know. But how to do it? That was the big deal. Which is what you kind of need to figure out by doing it grassroots, right? To yes, see, yeah. yes. Again, just like with Golden Corner, no contemporary yeah. churches, we we found one organization that was doing this in Knoxville, Tennessee, and we actually met them in Florida, and they coached us for a few days. But that was that was about it. So we came home from a mission trip to Eleuthera, and we had to make a decision, you know. And so on Sunday afternoon, I looked at Sheila and I said, "Look, we can we can either do it in our house." You know, and and if so, we got to do some remodeling on our house, or we can just sell our house and we can start traveling around the eastern part of the United States, trying to do bring pastors into cabins or hotels or something like that, and do that. And I said, let's pray about it together, 
and then we'll spend 24 hours praying, uh, and then we'll come back together separately. Then we'll come back together and see what God says. So we didn't have any food in the house. Yeah. So I told her, I said, okay, after we pray together, I'm going to call Domino's, and we'll go get us a pizza. I went into the bedroom, and I sat down, and I'm putting my shoes on, and God said, it's time for you to start Shade Tree, and it's time for you to start it in your house. And I said, okay, God, I'm not going to tell Sheila because I'll influence her. You're going to have to tell her. Yeah. I walked back in the living room, and Sheila's looking at me, and there's tears in her eyes. I said, what's wrong? She said, I told him I wasn't going to tell you, but God <laughs> just told me that we're supposed to start it in the house. Wow. And I sat down on the couch. You said, I, I sat down on the couch, and I said, God, you're loud. Oh, my Lord, you're loud. I said, God, Sheila, God just told me the same thing right then, and and those things have happened for us so many times. It's and awesome. Man, I mean, it's, it's awesome. just been in. Look, God talks to the Bagels all the time. So, <laughs> so, so give us like a brief rundown of Shade Tree and like, yeah. you know, I, I don't, you know, obviously we're like a business podcast, so I'm going to use the word like elevator pitch. But like, what do you guys do? What's your core sure. values? What's your North like Star? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what are, I mean, you know, when you guys sat down, I'm sure when you guys tried to figure this out, you're like, this is, these are the things that we want to do. Obviously, we've, Figure out that you minister pastors, but what's your goals? Well, it started off pastors and wives, then moved to missionaries uh, because we started meeting missionaries when we were doing mission trips across the world, and they started coming. Uh, now it's pastors and wives, missionaries, educational leaders, and now a big part of it is foster parents because okay. foster parents burn same, out. Same deal. They're I so can see that. they're so it's so stressful for them, yeah. and so. Kyle, what they, what they normally do is they come for anywhere from two nights to four nights, sometimes five nights. You know, Kind of a bread and, be- uh, bread is, and breakfast. It has of- that feel. Okay. It, it does have that feel. But our whole upstairs, which has three bedrooms, two baths, a large room, and then a, a very beautiful wood room. You know, all of it looks over the lake. Um, you know, they just have the whole thing. And so when they get up in the morning, breakfast is ready for them. It doesn't matter if it's 5 o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock. We encourage 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. We want them to rest, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and everything. Then we do lunch for them. We'll bring it up to them. Or if they want to go out on the lake, we'll make a sack lunch for them, you know, send them out. But then we always have supper together every night. And Sheila cooks and prepares all of that. But around that supper table is where it takes place. Yeah. You know, I mean, we we sit there and we can sit there for hours, you know, just talking. And one of the wonderful things is, though, we don't, encourage everybody that comes that they have to be in the ER. You know, we yeah. want people to come maintenance. Uh, that are, are, yeah, yeah, sort of like an old change, yeah. you know? Just, just uh, maintenance. Being proactive about taking care of themselves. And I would say it's like 50-50. Uh, so do you guys proactively minister to these folks? I'm sure that, you know, these guys are, these, the people that you're talking about are constantly pushing that out, right? It's to their congregation, it's to their... <laughs> yeah to their kids, to their sure. whoever it is, right? Are you guys like refueling them by 1, bring, bringing that back? 1,000%. We're, we're hoping they sit beside the well and just drink and drink and drink and drink. And a lot of times we'll, we'll say that first night they start talking about, you know, how can y'all pray? You, can, you guys can pray for us about this or that. And I'll say, you know what? We have a lot of answers because of our experience. But the answers that we don't have, we know the guy that does. That's right. yeah. And you can meet him upstairs. And so many times in the next day or two, they tell you that pop, 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 come down the steps. Let me tell you, we got it. What has happened? Yeah. You know, and 
And I'll give you a great example, too. The second couple that come to us, man, they were just beat. They were beat. And I wish I could tell you why, but I can't mm-hmm. over the Understood. Uh, I yeah. can't over the, you know. Uh, but their week with us was good. It was good. And uh, two years later, they called us and said, hey, uh, can we come back to Shade Tree? And we were like, yeah, sure. We'd love to have you. And they said, we want you to meet the real us. Mm. The us that, that now God has renewed. And he's put us in a, a place that we're just using our gifts and stuff. And when we opened the front door, we almost didn't recognize them. Uh the just the glow that was on them, and you know we want to do it free of charge, yeah, uh, for them and and stuff. And God has provided to do that. That's how awesome. Many, how many of your your I don't want to call them clients, but mm-hmm. how many people that uh, take part of Shade Tree yeah. has told you, "I'm done. I can't preach anymore. I, it's over." Like this is why I'm here. You're my last resort. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah, yeah. Many, many. Or, or the wife has said, "I'm done." Yeah. Now, he, either he's done, yeah. or I'm leaving. But there's a lot of stress on yeah. the preacher's wife, probably more so Ooh, than the preacher himself. Man, oh man, I'm telling you yeah. why. That's or a, spouse. Again, that's another. That's another yeah. conversation that that. But yeah, yeah, we have, and and you know what? Sometimes it's just a change in position yeah. that they need. You know, yeah. they need to be on. Still, maybe the lead pastor need to be on staff somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So, well, you know, listen, I, I'll be the first, and we should we should probably try to maybe figure out how to do a podcast on this. But men in general, in my opinion, have this way about over focusing. Right? You know, I'm guilty of this with my wife. Like, I focus on. <laughs> all kinds of stuff and then and then I realized like you know what like mm. I'm so focused on taking care of them I'm not worried about I'm not focused on being with them or mm. whatever so I'm sure it's the same way with pastors too they get you have such a the congregation they feel like is in their hands it's for them to take care of mm. and it becomes such a focus that mm. even your own family sometimes probably gets oh, it's just well it's just like men and work yeah right we work really hard to supply things for our family when we really should work less yep. and spend time yep. with our families. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, the first year we had a couple. The guy comes down early. The wife is still sleeping in. We're, me and him just sitting out there. He's very quiet at first, and finally he just looks at me and said, um, uh, my wife told me that I've been having an affair. With the church? And then, and then I said, excuse me, what? And he said, she said, I've been having an affair with the church. And she was tired of it. Yeah. You know, she couldn't she she couldn't raise the kids alone. She couldn't do this and do that. And uh, you know, we we walked through some great things and I'm telling you what, again, it you know, I, I don't know all the success stories out there, yeah. but I, I do believe I know a lot of them. And it's a beautiful thing. And so we we feel privileged to be able yeah, to the, this. the best thing about that is you know the changes you've made, but there's so many changes you've made that you don't know about. Oh, I'm not, you know, well, thank you. It uh, doesn't matter as long as God gets the credit. Well, you see, that's just, that's just he says, a, you know, God says, hey, don't build up your treasures down here, man. That's right. Because one day man, be no the rewards are going to be it, great. Rust, where rust and moths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where rust and moths eat away, yeah. you know. But So let's yeah. talk about what you're doing current. So uh, probably about the time, same time, Mark and I started a Bible study about five or six years ago. Yep. And the, the uh, preface of this Bible study was bring a four-pack of craft beer. We're going to get in the beer. We're going to get in the word. 
Yep. Like, yep. And uh, we're going to sample some craft beers and. Man, Which was also a first around here, right? Boy, I'd been I'd have been going to church a long time ago <laughs> if they if they had a good IPA at the door, you know. <laughs> so when we started this church, it went to the shop, yeah, here in Wahala, yeah. and you did a very similar thing for an open group of guys, yeah. And uh, Robbie opened the doors of his shop, and y'all were doing it on an oil soaked floor with all these guys that had. You know, probably smoked a joint and yeah. had a cooler full of beer, but you bring some food and right. and uh, just tell them about Jesus. And you caught a lot of flack for it, right? Yeah, 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 we did. We so did. I remember the first the first time you had how many people in that? A uh, twelve, uh, and that 12. was that was uh, sentimental. Yeah. Yeah, it that was. was it was. Deal. It yeah, was. We sort, of, we sort of went crazy when it turned out to be twelve. That's true. Yeah, and then, uh, but we're probably you're probably you're probably a year after we started. So you're four or five years in on that group now. Yeah, yeah. January will be five and it's years. still going. It just moved out of the garage and literally into the tap room yep. on their closed day. Yeah, on their closed day at yeah. the garage. And, Hallelujah, man! Yeah. We got air conditioning and heat now. It's <laughs> yeah. fantastic. You know, no doubt. And I attended one. Uh, uh, this past in the past twelve months, I went because a, a good friend of ours, Jimmy mm-hmm. Stiff, mm-hmm. Um, was giving his testimony from mm-hmm. Jackal, and it was just mm-hmm. a banging mm-hmm. that we need to get Jimmy to tell his yes, story on the podcast. Yes. That'd be great, absolutely. But absolutely. Uh, it's still going strong. And if yeah. you wanted to come, you do that every Monday night. Yeah, every Monday night uh, we eat at six o'clock. Uh, we start our Bible study at six thirty. And it is it is funny, you know, because we have the lights on and everything. We don't have the lights on outside, yeah. but every Monday night somebody comes in to get a beer, you know, yeah. and they see us in there doing a Bible study, and it's about fifty fifty, about fifty percent, because we say what we're doing, come on in, and you know, about fifty percent say, all right, wow, wow, and they get some food. And they sit there and with us, you know, and the other fifty percent is like, yeah, no, you know, that's okay, fine, you know, and they, yeah, yeah. they back out, which is which is absolutely fine. But I I learned so much from these guys as mm-hmm. you know, we literally had a church of men uh, come a few Monday nights ago, uh, just interested in what was going on and how they might could start something very similar. You know, and it was beautiful listening to these guys that would not even say anything the first year. Yeah, wouldn't right. ask a question, right. wouldn't speak. Can't shut them up now, you yeah, know. Opening up. Uh, one guy said, I never I never thought I would be a Christ follower. And now I'm a Christ follower. And, and then Mark taught on praying with my wife. I never thought I would pray with my Do wife. You, and he said, every single night now, we pray together. Yeah. And he said, this is what he said. He said, when Clemson lost... To uh, um, Carolina, maybe Carolina. I, I, you know, I guess it was. Everything said I went to bed mad, and I just, I just, you know. So this, they're still just real, you know. Yeah. And everything says I've come, woke him up, and said we didn't pray, and he, he said I had to suck it up, you know, and said we prayed together. But they were just sharing those things, and it is, it is an incredible experience watching guys that, you know, no matter what color a person is. No matter where they may look as far as the gay rights yeah. or anything like yeah. that, you know, uh, just no matter if they're poor or they're rich or whatever, they can come All walking accepted. in there and hear uh, the beauty of Jesus Christ. And and many of them have a beer together, yeah. you know, yeah. and we sit there and we talk. And uh, don't you th- it's don't been you, fantastic. Don't you think that's kind of like a replay, though? 
of what you went through. I asked him that when I said, it looks like you're going to start another Golden Corner. He's like, no, I'm not. Well, not, not <laughs> like necessarily straight not, up. Not, not necessarily starting another church, but like, yeah, yeah. You know, I the things that you kind of, yeah. people looked at and thought about when you were doing, but you were reaching people in, in 94. Yeah. And people were looking at you like, you know, right, what are they right, wearing? What are they right, doing? Why right. are you in this field? Whatever. Right. Right. Same thing again. Mm. Listen, I keep hearing, preach Mark. Help. Just touch people. God, preach Mark. Yeah. Help. Just I touch them. I, I will not, I will not, uh, based on anyone's opinion of me. Yeah. I will not uh, not do what God's calling me to do. Good for you. you know. So, yeah, it's, it's fantastic, guys. So, Mark, thanks for being on here. Okay. Tell everybody where they can find you for the shade tree piece. Yeah, wait a minute. Before you do that. Oh, I got to leave with a word. Absolutely. Okay. Every year I ask God to give me a word. Last year it was, it was, it was a rest. You know, he, he, he's talking to me personally. You know, hey, Mark, you're not doing a real good job at what you're teaching people. And Jesus knew how to rest. I mean, he, he got away and everything. This year, it took a few months into the year before me to get it. But the word is not just a word. It's a few words. And it is, don't be afraid. And guys, I, if you're listening to us out there, I want you to hear me. Uh, from Genesis to Revelation, we read so many places where do not fear do not be afraid. I'll give you two quick, great examples. One is the story of, of, of Jesus and Peter, their first real interaction. And, and uh, Jesus is standing beside the seashore at Sea of Galilee, and people are pressing in on him. And he looks at Peter, who's been fishing all night, didn't catch a thing, and said, hey, man, can I stand in your boat for just a little while and teach? Or I'm, you know, I'm going to be pushing water. And I can see Peter right now saying, ah, you know, go ahead. You know, yeah, I'm cleaning my nets Whatever, and everything. Yeah. yeah. And so he gets through teaching. Peter had to hear what he was saying and everything, but still he didn't just, just jump on board and everything. And Jesus gets out of the boat and he turns around and looks at Peter and he says, Peter, before you go home, you need to do something. I want you to push out in the water a little bit and I want you to throw your nets back out. Remember what Peter said? Peter said, uh, I've been fishing all night. And you know I'm what Peter I'm was done. saying? Yeah. I'm a fisherman. You're a carpenter. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. But Stay there, there was some Stay in your lane, lane bro. Stay in your lane. There was some, you know, but there was some peer pressure there because there's a lot of people looking, and right. you know, Peter had to do it. You know, we all know the story. He threw the nets out. And I'm telling you, when Jesus speaks, even the nature, things happen, and those those fish were jumping in that net. I think they were jumping in the boat. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah. but it tells that he had to call his friends to help him get all the fish in. Peter gets out of the boat and he kneels down in front of Jesus and he says, "Go away from me." I'm a sinful man. Normally, we teach it that Jesus then said, follow me, uh, and I'll make you fishers of men. men. Yeah. First thing he said was, don't be afraid. Yeah, because he was afraid. And then he said, then he said, now, Peter, don't be afraid of me, and don't be afraid of what we're about to do. But man, you come and you follow me. And I'll, I'll change your life forever. The boat was about to sink another night. Jesus sees it, and he's walking across the water, and the men see him, and they start saying, it's a ghost. It's a ghost, what Jesus say? Don't be afraid. The woman reached out and touched the hem of his garment because she had that issue of blood situation. Who touched me? And she started confessing to her, and he said, daughter, don't be afraid. Yeah. If you're listening here, there's so much in this world that wants to make you afraid. Mm -hmm. 
the news wants to make you afraid. True. The all news. I'm I'm all yeah, yeah. all news. The 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 parties in Washington, all of them want to make you afraid. Don't be afraid. Yeah. Don't be afraid, my dear friend. I mean, Jesus is wanting to speak to you tonight and say, "Don't be afraid." It's awesome. So it's so true, especially in this time. I, I read something this morning. It was like you put a hundred black ants into a jar, and you put a hundred fire ants into a jar, and you put it on the kitchen table. Nothing happens. Mm. You stir it up. You go back and mm. you grab the jar and you shake mm. it violently. You put it back down. All the ants start killing each other because the fire ants think that the black ants are the mm. enemy and vice mm. versa. Mm. When in reality, the ants aren't mad at each other. They ought to be mad at the person who picked up the jar and shook it. <laughs> yeah. truth There's so much truth to that. Yeah. It goes back on what you just said. There's so much stuff. And we saw that in COVID in a whole different way, man. Yeah. We were just a bunch. I've never seen so many lions led by sheep. Mm, in yeah. the past two years. Although what's happening though is you're seeing a lot of those lines be awakened. That's right. I, I believe in that. I think a lot of people are starting to come, they're yeah. realizing. No, that's right. You know, and so that's the, that. if there's any good that comes from that, I think that's what it's going to be. But at the end of the day, we all know who's in control of the whole thing. That's we right. Do. We that's do. Right. Absolutely. So Mark, hey, don't if, be afraid. If you guys want to get a hold to me, there you go. Uh, go to www.shadetreeministry. Uh, ending with a Y, ministry.org, and you can see our website, and uh, it's a very good way. So if you're an individual out there or you're a pastor or you're a a leader out there in some way and you need some rest and some loving and some good food uh, and everything, you contact us. We have people come as far away as California. Awesome. You know, and if, you, if you can't get to us, we'll help you get to us. Yeah. Can we I will come tell just you, for the food? Yeah. <laughs> you can. I, I will tell you this. You can. You will not regret it. No. That's right. That's right. I've never been there, but I know this man. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly Maybe right. I know you won't regret it. That's right. Mark, we love you so much. Thank you so much yeah. for taking the time. You've been on a bucket list since we had the idea of starting a podcast. Yeah. Thank so this you. is a real big deal. I appreciate your time love and you your words. Love you guys. Thank you. All right, guys. We'll see you next week for episode 21. No, 20. Episode 20. 20. (laughs) Thanks for the beer. Thanks for the fellowship. We'll see you next week. See you.